Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. In last month's special topic post, Pastor Peter answered the question, what is the Bible? Part of his answer was, and I quote, the biblical history tells a story for a particular purpose from a particular perspective and to a particular people. I want to spend some time in this podcast unpacking what makes the biblical narrative a story of redemption since Peter hit on this as act three of a four-act drama. In particular, my goal is to provide a biblical understanding for redemption and what it means to call the biblical narrative a redemptive story. Let's start with the biblical concept of redemption. Redemption was an idea and practice that was part of the very fabric of ancient Israelite culture. One reason why redemption is an important image and theme for understanding God's saving work is because of its cultural prominence. I've come to understand biblical redemption in terms of four aspects. Rescue, restoration, cost, and a helper. Here's an example of this within biblical law concerning the year of Jubilee. This is from Leviticus chapter 25 verses 23 through 28. The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine. This is the Lord speaking through Moses. For you are strangers and sojourners with me, and in all the country you possess, you shall allow a redemption of the land. If your brother becomes poor and sells part of his property, then his nearest redeemer shall come and redeem what his brother has sold. If a man has no one to redeem it and then himself becomes prosperous and finds sufficient means to redeem it, let him calculate the year since he sold it and pay back the balance to the man to whom he sold it and then return to his property. But if he does not have sufficient means to recover it, then what he sold shall remain in the hands of the buyer until the year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee it shall be released and he shall return to his property. The year of Jubilee was a year that was to be practiced every 50th year to bring redemption to those who had lost their land. We have no evidence that the ancient Israelites ever practiced this, though. So let's make our way through the four aspects of redemption. First, redemption starts with a need for rescue. In our culture, we might think of redemption in terms of a soda can's redemption value. You might find that on the back of a soda can. Redemption in the Bible is much more personal than this. Redemption becomes necessary when people need to be rescued. There were several situations in which a redeemer might rescue people, such as debt slavery, lost land, as we just heard about in Leviticus, and widowhood. So, no rescue, no redemption. Now, this leads to the second aspect of redemption, restoration. You can think of rescue and restoration of 
two sides of the redemption coin. People are rescued in order to be redeemed. Biblical redemption only happens when those rescued experience full restoration. The redeemed gain their freedom. The redeemed have their land restored to them. The redeemed have security and stability within a family. The third aspect of redemption of the Bible is cost. The reason why the redeemed need rescue and restoration is because they are unable to provide the cost for redemption. There's always a cost to to the redemption the redeemed need. Biblical redemption is costly. The final aspect of redemption, a helper, is closely related to this third aspect. The helper is the one who pays the cost for the redemption. Often, this helper is called the kinsman redeemer because someone within their larger kin, their larger family, does the redemption. Do you know the phrase, God only helps those who help themselves? This is a very unbiblical idea. If anything, it would be truer to say God helps those who cannot help themselves. This is at the heart of biblical redemption. And this is also why God is often pictured as the redeemer of God's people in the Old and New Testaments. So let's draw together these four aspects of redemption and apply it to God's work of redemption in the story of redemption. God redeems us by being our helper and paying the cost to bring about our rescue and restoration. This portrait of God as Redeemer is developed in the Old Testament and Israel's history, most of all in the Exodus and in the return from the exile. And it becomes a dominant image to describe God's work of redemption through Christ. One of my favorite passages about redemption is Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, Paul says, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. First, let's start with the idea of rescue. We hear, God the Father has delivered us from the domain of darkness. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Colossae in part because they were diminishing Jesus by looking to other spiritual forces for help or to avoid harm. Paul's message to them is that Jesus, God's beloved son, is the all-sufficient savior of not only them, but the whole world. God accomplished our redemption through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We also find the concept of restoration in these two verses. Through Jesus, God has also transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. The word transferred would have been used of the transfer of prisoners of war from one territory to another. We are no longer in the domain of darkness. Our lives are lived out for now and into eternity in God's kingdom, the kingdom of his beloved son. God's original intent and design is that we would live under God's gracious reign. So Jesus restores this by reestablishing God's reign on the earth as it was in the beginning. Finally, there are the cost of redemption and the helper. We hear, in Christ, we have the redemption, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The reference to the cost comes with the phrase, in whom? Paul's talking about Christ there. Later in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, Paul says this, and he is the head of the body, the church, He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, 
that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, there's that phrase again, in, in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. So all those he's are talking about Christ. The helper pays the ultimate cost. God made peace by the blood of Jesus' cross. So who exactly is the helper? Well, it's the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit who redeems us. Each person of the Godhead is involved in our redemption. The Father plans this redemption and sends the Son by the Spirit. The Son accomplishes our redemption as the Spirit leads and empowers him. And the Spirit applies the Son's redemption to us through his witness to Christ and by uniting us to Christ. The Spirit completes this redemption. God's work of redemption, foreshadowed in the Old Testament and accomplished in the New Testament, is why we call the biblical narrative the story of redemption. Do you see it? Do you hear it? Do you feel it? So why is it important for us to know about biblical redemption and the nature of our God and the story of our God, this redemptive nature? It is because we get to know who God is, what God has done and is doing and will do, and who we are in relation to God and what we're called to do. In short, we get to know our identity and calling in God's story of redemption. As God's people, we live as the redeemed of God, holding out hope to the rest of the world that they too can experience this redemption. We live our lives for Christ and bear witness to Christ, who is our Redeemer. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.